Okay, guys, today I want to have somewhat of a topical discussion. I want to talk about what the scriptures teach on the subject of hell. But now I don't want to do a subject in totality. But what I want to do is take a view of basically the composition of hell. How about it that way? Composition of hell. What is hell like? Okay. Now, first of all, we have to understand that the word hell, and sometimes you'll see this in, in Bible translations, especially like the King James versions, you'll see this particular word used without any particular distinction. What do I, what I mean is this, every time that the word is translated hell, it does not always mean what we think about the burning hell, the place where people go and are tormented. Sometimes the word is basically trying to give the idea of the netherworld or the underworld or the place of departed spirits. And this is always for the most part, this is for the most part, the term that is used in the Old Testament. And that word is Sheol. So sometimes, almost, almost every time, almost every time, especially in the King James Version, you'll see it too. So you will sometimes see the word Sheol being translated as hell, but the idea simply is a place for departed spirits. And with respect to this idea, it didn't matter whether the person was saved or it didn't matter if the person was unrighteous, all went into Sheol. And now there are myriads and myriads of passages that actually teach this particular concept. We see it with respect to um, uh, 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 what, what happened with Abraham when the Bible said, and Abraham was gathered to his fathers, right? Or we see the issue concerning um, uh, who was it, Jacob, when he was upset because he, had, he thought that Joseph had died, his brothers lied and all. And he said, my soul would go down into Sheol. And you see this talked about in the Psalm. So the point is in countless numbers of passages of scripture, this particular concept was known about Sheol and it didn't matter, Psalm 49, 14. It didn't matter whether a man was righteous or unrighteous, all went into Sheol, okay? Or we refer to it, sometimes people will call it hell or the place where spirits depart. Now, what I want to talk about in this particular lesson is, and I kind of find it difficult to sometimes term it up. I sometimes want to call it the compartments of hell, as people would say. And I don't, and that's probably not the best way to say it, but I just, I don't know. I kind of like it, guys. But how is Sheol, how is Sheol composed? What is hell composed of how about it that way and that's what we're going to talk about okay now here's the point and i want to deal with a few passages and because we're dealing with such a broad subject guys of course you know we can't go into all of the details that we normally go to all right so we're going to have to deal with this kind of like with broad strokes we just want to make the point to demonstrate or to teach today what is the configuration of the afterworld. What is Sheol? What is hell like? All right. Two points. 
Sheol, or a place of departed spirits, some hell, okay, Sheol has two functions. It is a place for both man as well as angelic beings, okay? It is a place for both man as well as angelic beings. And since I'm here, and since I'm here, and I must apologize because it will be a very lengthy teaching. To be honest, it'll probably be about a four-hour teaching, okay? So that's why we have to speak in such broad terms. Every time that the Old Testament speaks of Sheol, it always uses the language downward. It always says going down into Sheol. Okay. An example of this again, uh, Genesis, what is it? 37, 35, something like that. Going downward. The point is that Sheol is in the center of the earth. That is, it's in the center of the earth. So whatever we are about to say concerning this whole issue of Sheol or hell, its compartments, its configuration, however you want to put it, it lies within the center of the earth. All right. Now, what were we saying? That it is a place, it functions as a place for man and it functions for a place of the angelic. Now, let's first look at a place for man, this Sheol, or sometimes generically refers to King James Version, especially hell or whatever, place of the dead, a place for man. Let's turn to Luke. Luke 16, and we all know the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And for the sake of time, let's just get right to the point, okay? Uh, verse number 22, Luke 16. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. All right. Now let's deal with that. So we see here, we got the death of Lazarus and the death of the rich man. There are some wonderful points here that we cannot make, uh, make every point, but there are some things I will highlight. Notice that it says he was carried away by the angels. And here's a blessing for all of the saints. It's a wonderful blessing. And this is something I always thought was such a wonderful thing. People say, well, when you die, you go to heaven. My question is, how do you even know the way? <laughs> all right, that's enough. The point here is at the death of the saints, the angels carry us to our destinations, okay? So if we're saved, the angels take us to heaven, all right? But here's the point. So he died and the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. And notice I have that in highlight. Abraham's bosom is also who, what the Jews call the same thing that we're speaking of now, Sheol, this is the place of the dead. It is also what the Jews call paradise. Okay, and allow me to stop here. Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross between the two thieves and one of the thieves believed in Jesus and he said, Lord, uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You remember that? And Jesus said, now notice the language and we don't have time to get into all of the nuances. Today, today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. I thought Jesus died that day. He did. But what happened? 
his soul went into paradise. You got it? That's the same thing that we're referring to here in verse number 22. The Jews call what? Abraham's bosom. All right. So this is Sheol. And notice what it says also too. And the rich man also died. Look at verse number 23. And in Hades. Okay. Let me, let me just pause here. Hades is nothing more than the Greek way or the Greek term for Sheol. It's the same thing. So the concept is the same. Okay. It's just the Greek term that is being used here. And in Hades, the place of the dead, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. Now notice once again, he is dead. His body is wherever it is, but notice his soul is what? In torment and what? And he saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. All right. And let me just continue to read so that we can give the context of what we're trying to say. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, I'm at verse 24, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue. Here's for I am in agony in this flame. So notice. And now and the bottom line is this. The rich man is in hell. This is what is referred to as in the New Testament, Gehenna. Gehenna, which literally means the burning fire, okay? Burning fire. And notice what it said, even though he was dead, his soul could still feel, and his soul felt the agony of the torment of hell, and he was in flame. And notice what his request was. Notice, to allow Lazarus, <laughs> why am I forgetting the name? To allow Lazarus to come from the other side and dip cool water in and cool his tongue. 25, let's just read the rest of the passage so we'll see what's going on. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here. And notice I got that highlighted for you guys. He is being comforted here and you are in agony. So notice on one side we see what? Torment. And on the other side, we see what? A, a comfort, comfort on one side, torment on the other side. Let's read verse 26 so we can see it all. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that, that, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. So what did he say? So in this place, in this place where both the souls of both men went, they both died. Okay. But they were both separated by some great gulf that you could not an impossible barrier to cross. But notice the conditions were absolutely opposite. One, one on the side of the unrighteous was a place of flames, a place of torment. And this is referred to as Gehenna. And this is the common, that this is the usual technical term that people use for hell, the burning fire, Gehenna, okay? And then on the other side, we have the place called what? Abraham's bosom, also referred to 
Remember, as Jesus on the cross, paradise, this is the place of comfort for the saints. All right. And so this becomes a place for mankind. How, however, however, there have been some fundamental changes. Now, let me make this point and, and I'll get to it later on concerning uh, the burning fire itself. I'll get to that particular point. But let me make a point about paradise. Now, since the death the burial and resurrection of Jesus. We no longer go into paradise when we die. We go directly into heaven. And to be honest, that would be another teaching within itself, but just let me make the point so that you will get the proper understanding. So what I'm trying to say is paradise that we see in Luke chapter 16, is empty. There are no more saints. There are no more righteous people in paradise since the death, the burial and resurrection and ascension of Jesus into heaven. He cleared out paradise, fulfilling Psalm 68. I think there's some, yes, Psalm 68 and verse 18. But anyway, you'll see it in Ephesians 4 and 8. Let's just turn to it very briefly so that you can see what I'm talking about. Ephesians 4 and 8. Okay. And, and basically, this is nothing more than Paul telling us how that Jesus fulfills Psalm 68 and 18. Therefore, it says what? When he ascended on high, that is Jesus and ascended on high simply means when he returned back to heaven. When he ascended on high, what did he do? He led, a, led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In other words, when Jesus ascended to heaven, those saints who were in paradise, <laughs> I feel, I almost feel like you want to ask me, why are they in paradise and why didn't they go to heaven? Okay, I guess I'll answer that question. All right. But let me finish the point. When Jesus finished his work of redemption, when he died on the cross, when he shed his blood, okay, the price was paid. The price was paid. So that you got to remember, even though uh, they were righteous men and even though saints of God are righteous men, right? We're all sinners. And the Bible teaches what? That only the blood of the Messiah can take away sin. Since only the blood of the Messiah could take away sin. Now think, all of the Old Testament saints, all the way up from Adam to the last Old Testament saint could not enter into heaven. Why, they could, why couldn't they enter into heaven? Because the only system of sacrifice God had given them was the Levitical system. Remember that? He told them, remember the Leviticus chapters, five, six, seven, all of that stuff, where they would sacrifice the sheep and use this. And this was simply a system that God gave them to temporarily, to temporarily cover their sins. And notice the term that I use, it temporarily 
covered their sins. But the blood, remember what the book of Hebrews says? The blood of sheep and goats and bulls cannot take away sin. Therefore, the Messiah had to die. Jesus had to die. And only his blood could take away sin. So since they only had that Old Testament sacrificial system, Oh, to cover, not take away, cover their sin. They were still righteous men, but the sin was not completely removed. Therefore, God placed them into paradise so that this would be a place of comfort until the appointed time should come. And now once Jesus has come and performed the duties that God desired him to do, that is to die for our sins, once it, that's one of the beautiful things he said on the cross. Remember what he said? It is finished. And once he finished, once it was done, oh, Lord have mercy. And I don't want to get into it. And that's one of the things that Peter was saying. He went down into hell and made a proclamation. He, he did some preaching there. Okay. And we don't want to get into that. That's for another teaching. And it was then when he ascended that he took those souls who were once in paradise, separated from God briefly, and he took them back to heaven. So therefore, now paradise is empty. It is empty. Okay. And if we should die now, we don't go into paradise. We immediately go to heaven. What did Paul say again? For, for me, for to die is to be with Christ. I will be with the Lord at the point of death. All right. All right. That was a huge digression, but I think some of you guys probably want to know that anyway. But what are we dealing with the subject of? The subject is this, this issue of hell or Sheol. And we just dealt with the issue that is a place for man. And what was the place of torment? This is the Gehenna. This is the place of fire and it is a place paradise, a place of comfort. And this place we know no longer exists. Uh, well, it exists. It's just nobody in there. Okay. <laughs> now let's look at the second part. Sheol or this place of departed is also a place of confinement for angelic beings, right? Now let's turn to uh, Luke 8. It's a very familiar passage. Luke 8. And let's see, it was about verse number 27, something like that. We want to get right to it. Okay. All right. And the whole issue is the demon possessed man that came out to see Jesus. But let, let me just simply read it to give you the context. And then you'll remember it and see it as well. And when he, that is Jesus, came out into the land, he was met by a man from the city who was what? Possessed with demons. And who had not put on any clothing for a long time or was not living in a house, but in the tomb. So we see uh, what a demon possessed man. Here's what you need to see. Let's just go on after Jesus asked him about his name. His name is Legion. You guys know about all of that, right? I want to get to the main point. Verse number 30. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. Right. Notice verse number 31. And they were imploring him. Here is the demons begging Jesus. What are they begging him? Not to command them to go away into the abyss. 
the abyss. But here's the whole point. This place is a temporary dwelling. It is a temporary dwelling for demons. So consider like the Sheol, hell, a part, a compartment of hell is a place for where angelic, these are demons. When I say angelic beings, these are demon spirits, not the good angels, not the good angels, but I mean demons. And I always remember, okay, let me just stop and say this because I think sometimes people have confusion and I, and I haven't taught this before anyway, but demons are nothing more than fallen angels. Okay. So whenever you see demons in the scripture, we're not talking about some emanations and blah, blah, and whatever, whatever, whatever. It's just simply, these are the angels who rebel with Satan. These are the fallen angels. And that's it. And they're just simply called demons. And they have fallen angels or demons have the ability to indwell people. You hear, you hear about demon possession as in the discussion in the verse today. Okay. All right. But the point here is they were begging Jesus not to go into this particular place called the abyss. All right. The abyss. Now, the abyss is a temporary place in Sheol, and we can get better insight. Let, let's do a little more teaching on this. Let's look at it again. Let's look at Revelation 9 and 1, and I think that'll kind of help us out a little bit so you can see where I'm coming from, okay? And then I'll try to bring it all together. Revelation 9 and 1. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw, and, and it is so much to this, guys, and I'm super sorry, but this is the only way that I can discuss it in a topical format. I can't deal with all of the nuances of the verse, so I apologize for that. Fifth angel sounded, all right? And I saw a star, and anytime stars used symbolically in the book of Revelation, it's always referred to an angel, okay? I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless, and this is the abyss, and the bottomless pit was given to him. So this is during the time of the tribulation, okay? And if you continue on to read it, you'll find out, and we don't have time. And I apologize, guys. I'm so sorry. But this is just the only way you can do it in the amount of time that we have. If you continue the reading, you'll find out that basically during the tribulation, 200 million, I think it's the number about 200 million. But demons are being released from the abyss. Okay, they are being released from the abyss. And look at verse number 11. They have as a king over them, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. So the whole, so the whole point is we see that these demons can be released. Now, the reason why I wanted to take you to Revelation 9 was simply to establish the fact concerning the abyss is that the abyss is not a permanent place. It's temporary. That's what I wanted you to see before I made that point. So now let's back up in our mind. Back to that particular demon called Legion. Remember, he asked Jesus, do not send him them to the abyss. So that means that he was requesting that Jesus should not send him to the underworld, sometimes hell, Sheol, to the underworld, to the place of the abyss. However, he would not remain in the abyss forever. Okay. 
So it is some undetermined time. The scripture doesn't tell us 30 days, 60. It doesn't tell us. But the point that it teaches that we can see when we combine those concepts of Revelation 9 is that demons are released from the abyss so that a demon only goes there temporarily. So when a demon goes into the abyss, he doesn't stay permanently. So one place of Sheol for the angelic beings, that's the demons, bad angels, is the abyss, but it's what? It is only a temporary place of dwelling, all right? Now let's look at the other place. Let's turn to Second Peter. And this is the only place in scripture it is mentioned, Second Peter chapter two. All right, let's get directly to it. Verse number four. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, notice and notice the concept again. Now we can't do it all the nuance. Sinning angels, not the no good angels are here. No good angels are in the abyss. No good angels are in Sheol. Okay. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell. And I got that highlighted, hell. Now that word used for hell is Tartarus, Tartarus. All right, what's the point? This is the second place. Remember, there's a place for man, all right? That is Gehenna, hell of fire and paradise. Paradise is empty. And there's a place for angels. What, the abyss? which is temporary, and now we're being introduced to this place called Tartarus. Many times you see it translated simply hell, but if you actually saw the word in the Greek, you would see it as Tartarus, Tartarus, and this place is different. Let's watch and see what it says. Cast them into hell and committed them into pits of darkness. Notice, so Tartarus is a place of darkness, reserved for judgment. You got it? And, and, and let's just read it for, for to understand what's going on. I'm going to do this to try to help you guys. I can't get into it, but I just try to give you some context to who these particular angels are who are in Tartarus and what their sin was. Look at verse number five concerning those angels who are reserved into Tartarus. Five, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness. So notice it ties the time, the time of these angels with their sinning to the time of Noah. And what was going on in the time of Noah, we also see what was going on in the time of Noah. Remember, in, and I did this teaching already, and, and, and you guys may want to check it out, called the Sons of God. All right, so that's basically Genesis chapter six, Genesis six, one through four, when we see that the sons of God and these are angels, bad angels, not good angels, bad angels, or simply we would call it now what? Demons. When the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were, let's just turn to it briefly. It's gonna be ever so briefly. Genesis six, see, look at verse number two that the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves. So this is the occasion that Peter is speaking of when these particular angels, 
these angels did. And notice again, okay, for further context to it, let's turn to Jude 6. Jude also tells us what was going on here. He, 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 he seconds the motion, if you'll let me say it that way. It's Jude 6. And angels who did not keep their own domain, they didn't, they didn't remain in the habitation that they should have, right? But abandoned their proper abode. Notice, what has God done? He has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Notice, he has kept in what? Eternal bonds. Now, let's go back again to Second Peter. Second Peter, so we can finish our point. Remember what Second Peter said? He said, and we can get to it sooner or later, that these angels are kept in Tartarus. So therefore, what do we learn about Tartarus? Unlike the abyss, which is a temporary place of confinement, Tartarus is a permanent place of confinement. In other words, for the angels who committed the specific sin of sexual immorality, what sexual immorality? That Genesis chapter six issue of marrying human female women. That was forbidden. It is forbidden for angels to engage in sexual immorality for sex period, sex period. But these are evil angels. And, and of course they did that. And we can always talk about the reason, okay? But that's not in this particular discussion. But the whole issue is for the judgment on that particular sin, God put them in chain. He had them put in chains and placed them into the confinement of hell called Tartarus. And they are there permanently. They will never come until the day of judgment itself. All right. So what did we learn? We learned concerning that hell is a generic term. It basically means Sheol, okay? And Sheol basically is the place of the netherworld, netherworld, place of departed spirits, right? It is a place that has a compartment for man, and that compartment for man is Gehenna, the burning hell, and the set, and that's for bad men, wicked men, unrighteous men. And then there is another part for man, and that place is called paradise, also called Abraham's bosom, okay? And it's that place, paradise, Abraham's bosom, is empty. Jesus emptied that out, and he took those souls with him when he ascended back into heaven. Now, considering this same ideology, second compartment for hell, we have a place of confinement for angels, all right? There's a place called what? The abyss. And this is the, remember, the, the demon. Don't cast me into the abyss. And it is also, and, and clearly whatsoever, whatever is going on in the abyss is not a place of joy. It must be also a place of some kind of torment or discomfort. Why? He didn't want to go there. But at the very least, he would lose his freedom to roam about. But nevertheless, the two places for the demons, for the angel, demons, bad angels, the abyss, which is what? Temporary confinement. And then we have Tartarus, which is what? A place where those demon angels are in chains permanently awaiting the great day of judgment. All right. And that is hell or 
what the Bible teaches concerning Sheol and all of its compartments. However, now here's the, but the bottom line is this, all of it, the, the whole issue of Sheol, the place of the dead, hell itself, all of it is simply temporary at best. All of it becomes temporary. Why? Let's take a very quick look at Revelations 20. And we're going to get right to it. Revelations 20 and verse 11. And we'll look at it. And, it's, and we understand this to be what? The great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small standing before the throne and the books were and not all of the dead. And let, let me just simply say it here since I'm here. Everybody standing at the great white throne judgment is going to hell. There is no there's no saved people here. OK. And I don't have time to get into all of that issue. OK, but that's why the Bible said earlier in the previous passage, which we don't have time to go through. But it said, blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection because death doesn't have any power over him. So therefore, all who are standing here at the second at the great white throne judgment, all of them are condemned, are condemned. But anyway, let's go. Uh, uh, before the before the throne, the books were open and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. The death. Here's the, now here's the point that I'm driving home. Verse number 13. Remember, I said all of these things were temporary. Sheol is temporary. Hell, Gehenna. The burning lake, the, the burning, burning fire that, that 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 people, if you should die right now and you're not saved, you go you go to hell. OK, Gehenna. That's what that term is all about. That's temporary. That's temporary. OK. Verse 13, the sea and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them and they were judged. Notice Hades. What is Hades again? Hades is the Greek term for Sheol. So all of it is just temporary. All of that place. Sheol is temporary. The, the place for uh, uh, the um, again, let's just break it down one by one. Gehenna, the burning hell is temporary. Paradise is temporary. Place for angels. The abyss is temporary. Tartarus, even though angels are there permanently, but it's still temporary in the sense that what Hades gave up the dead, which were in them, and they were all judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Verse number 14, and it drives home the point. Then what? Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. All of it, all of it, everything that had to do with death itself was thrown where? Into the lake of fire. So all of these things end up being temporary, all right? All right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. Sorry that it took a while. And if you got any questions, leave a comment, leave a suggestion. And if you think there was something that you want me to kind of deal with a little more in detail, let me know. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. And again, thanks for joining me and see you next time.